uh, we have someone from the audience name is Jigishu Singh. And he is asking a question as in uh, non-dualism is um, not accepted by people generally in the West or even in India. So what can be done to push people towards the Vedantic thought? You see, we, we, we need to revisit the fundamentals. Why is Vedanta or Dharma needed at all? Why can't man do without Dharma? Man needs dharma because man suffers. When I say man, I mean human being. I'm just being old-fashioned in my usage. So, we suffer and therefore we need dharma. Otherwise, we are alright as we are, as animals are. No animal has any concept of dharma, not even a need. So now why is Vedanta useful and why would man move towards Vedanta? Because Vedanta actually, practically, liberates us from suffering. So it is not a question of pushing someone to Vedanta or converting him. It is not a question of evangelizing something into a particular belief. It is a question of seeing what works. I mean, if we are sick, what do we need? We need a medicine that works. And I dare say, Vedanta is the most fundamental medicine that works. We can have derivatives from that fundamental medicine, but we cannot change the fundamental nature of the medicine itself. Right? So, so you may have a group of chemicals, you have, you have a mother medicine, and you can work on that as need be to, to come up with a newer version, a more updated form, a more contemporary form of medicine. But the fundamental formula cannot change. Vedanta is the medicine to the human condition. And the human condition is of misery. We are misery, Vedanta is medicine. And therefore, we'll have to go to Vedanta. It's not as if Vedanta needs to come to preach and convert. We need to go to Vedanta if we want our welfare. It says that somebody needs to demonstrate that authentically and credibly. What we need is not a justification on how effective Vedanta is. We do not need to investigate whether Vedanta works. What we need is people who know how it works. There's a difference here. Vedanta need not be put under the scanner. We need to put ourselves under the scanner. Do we understand Vedanta? And if we do not understand Vedanta, and try to dismiss it, or as you said, that uh, people do not want to accept uh, uh, non-dualism. Though non-dualism is one interpretation of Vedanta, hmm? the most uh, logical, the most accurate, the most complete, and the purest uh, interpretation of Vedanta is Advait. But there are dualistic uh, interpretations as well. There is Vishishta Dvayat, there is Dvayat, 
Ramanuj and Madhavachar are uh, given as high a status as Shankaracharya in many parts of the country. So one need not go to Vedant through the non-dualistic route only. One could take the dualistic route, approach Vedant, and when you are intimate with the Upanishads, then you realize that their central message is of non-duality. So, uh, mm. um, there's another question that is, if a person wants to, many people have, are asking this question, so I'm just putting all into one. Uh, if somebody wants to develop a Vedantic thought process, you know, then um, what would be your suggestion, you know, uh, about the books that you have written? In what order they should read those books? So they would, uh, you know, like step one and step two and step three. So, uh, you know, the first book that you should read is this. And then, you know, once you've absorbed that, then go to the next. So would, can you suggest something or, you know, a good reading for people for after this lecture? Uh, see, Vedantic thought process is not quite the right thing. Uh, there is the Vedantic attitude. Hmm? There is the Vedantic attitude. And that attitude is of constant meditativeness. You know, just as there is nothing like enlightenment in Vedant, similarly there is nothing like meditation in Vedant. It could be surprising to some people maybe. And these two are the, the hot words in spirituality. Everybody wants to meditate so that everybody can be enlightened. But in Vedanta, there is neither meditation nor enlightenment. Meditation is taken for granted. A certain meditativeness as your basic attitude is taken for granted. The Upanishads just do not teach any meditation. They say, obviously if you are suffering, if you are curious, you would have a certain attention towards truth and that is meditativeness. And that you need to continuously have. And that is the Vedantic thought process in your words. Though that's not a thought process, that's a certain attitude. That's a way of being. What kind of way of being? Not ritual based, not belief based. Not based in anything, but floating really, floating. Floating to be free to inquire. I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. And I accept that I do not know. But I am knowing, I am knowing, I am knowing. Hmm? Vedant does not get fixated even to I do not know. Obviously saying I know is a thing of great arrogance. Even saying I do not know is a, a thing of uh, a, somewhat of a problem. Because if you say I do not know, then you have settled down somewhere. So the Vedanti is always saying, mm, I want to know, I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. And I have faith that knowing is possible. I have faith that, not, not belief, but I have faith that knowing is possible. A very unreasonable faith. Knowing is possible. So I keep inquiring, I keep inquiring. Beyond meditation and enlightenment, there is also nothing called love in Vedanta. Because Vedanta takes Love for granted. If you do not have love, 
what have you come to the rishi for if you do not have meditativeness how can you listen to the rishi so even love is taken for granted you obviously have love for the truth you you want nothing more than the truth so you have you have come to the rishi and you are sitting in front of the rishi and and there is this entire discussion like like the thing between uh, krishna and arjuna as well the gita too is considered an upanishad there is that love though in those 18 chapters neither arjuna nor krishna ever say i love you but that is the underlying unsaid theme because they love each other that's why they are conversating so so that that's how one has to be i want to know i want to know i want to know it's beautiful to know it's energizing to know it's life giving to know how can i be dull like a stone am i not conscious don't i feel that urge within to take my consciousness higher and how can i move higher if i do not ask so i want to know if if a preceptor is there i enquire from the preceptor if a book is there i read from the book else i use my own mental faculties to try to know but at no point am i going to feel settled <laughs>